Oh, yeah. 
Good morning. It is uh, an honor to be with you today. We have the Bible in place of Mark chapter 9. My favorite passage in the scriptures. Anytime I get to preach, I pray to consider the privilege and honor to be with you today. I keep preaching. I didn't realize I would get to see this book in a minute. I wanted to get to preaching because uh, it's been a while since I've preached and it's an honor today to travel and come up here. So let, let you know a little bit about me. I serve at Union University in Jackson. We've been working there for seven years now. Uh, we're pretty sure we're going to take a team now. We're going to student life team. So I get to plan a lot of events and basically plan a lot of events. And whenever that event gets done, I get to plan the next event and lots of things like that. And I had the privilege of serving at West Jackson Baptist Church as a student pastor seven years ago. Still a member at West Jackson. And one of the privileges I have is being a young guy who has some flexibility and being able to travel around West Tennessee and preach at many different churches. So, very honored to be here today to open up God's Word. Um, and yeah, just uh, to, to remind you of the truth realizing that we will go through difficult things. And when we go through difficult days, I believe that God wants to use those moments um, to take our doubts and fears to faith. So, that's where we're going to be heading today. Let's pray together and we'll jump in. Lord, thank you for this beautiful fall day. God, thank you for choosing one that your mercy and grace would never be repeated. And we will do it for you. So, Lord, I pray as we open up your word this morning in Mark chapter 9, God, that you would give us the preaching of your word. Lord, that all of us would be students of your word. The uh, spring of 2011, 
Some of you might think I was like 13 years old, but I was right out of college at this point. I just graduated in 2013, uh, working at a church, working at West Jackson. I don't know if you know this, but there seems to be a situation where a lot of Baptist churches like to start preaching further on Sabbath. In West Jackson, it kept me pretty lean back in the day, and Chick-fil-A was having a promotion. Now, I'm sure none of you have ever driven to Jackson just to eat Chick-fil-A. Um, but just in case you have, in 2011, Chick-fil-A had this promotion that they were called the Golden Egg. All right? And the Golden Egg, what it was, it's around Easter, it's an Easter egg. And every time you would go into Chick-fil-A to buy a meal, they would give you an Easter egg. And in that Easter egg, you would open it up, it was a plastic Easter egg, you would open it up and they would give you either coupon for a free chicken sandwich, a free fries, a free drink. Um, sometimes there'd be a piece of candy, you know. Uh, and then other times, every every day for the uh, for seven to six days, so I said on Sunday, every day for six days, uh, three times a day, someone would get what they called the golden ticket. Alright, the golden ticket. And this golden ticket said, congratulations, you've won Chick-fil-A for, a, for an entire year. So, uh, when this promotion was happening, I found my ch- myself at Chick-fil-A sometimes three times a day. Um, one, because it was close to where I lived. I still don't know how to cook. I certainly didn't know how to cook back then. And I just wanted to win 52 free meals at Chick-fil-A. Sometimes life can be that routine, right? Um, so, we, we would keep going. We, me and a couple friends, we keep going to Chick-fil-A. And one day, I was in line with one of my really good friends. His name is Sean Cameron. Sean plays in Eagle Baptist in Jackson. And he was in line in front of me. He started doing the pat-down thing. I don't know what that is, right? It's the guy with the wallet. Um, he starts patting down. And he looks at me and like, dude, today's the day I'm going to win. So I'm not paying for this food. You're on your own. So he left. He got out of line. I step up. I order my food. I get my ticket. I get my egg. I open it up. And there's the golden ticket wall. I won 52 free meals from Chick-fil-A. It was one of those, like, it, I know, yeah, see, this this was uh, 12 years ago, and I'm still excited about it, you can't tell. Um, and I remember that moment very well, right? And, and here's why. Because it was one of those unbelievable moments that happened in my life uh, that I can just remember, right? And I'm a pretty unlucky person. I never win raffles or anything like that, but that day was a deciding factor in my life. Here, here's a few things that happened. 52 free meals. Think about that. I just sit in a stack of Chick-fil-A free meal gift cards. I, I made a mistake. I did what every one of you during this time. It was still good today. I put it on Facebook. All right? And all of a sudden, I started getting text messages from friends saying, hey, would you like to go to Chick-fil-A this week? Um, hey, I think you owe me lunch. Would you like to buy my lunch this week? You know, and all of a sudden, I had all these friends and people wanting to spend time with me. And it was one of those unbelievable moments in my life. For some of us, there have probably been really exciting, unbelievable moments that happened. Uh, even last night, I, uh, I had an armadillo problem uh, in my backyard, right? And here's a quick transition, right? We're going to start that one. And I've had this little armadillo who's eating up my lawn. Um, I live in the city of Jackson, so I can't just pull out my pistol and shoot this animal, all right? Um, so I went and bought a trap yesterday. I set the trap out, and last night about 8.45, I turned the wall and I caught the armadillo in the first one. Now, I had nothing to do with it. It's not even the placement of the trap. But it's one of those, like, you can't believe this, right? And the reason why I bring that up is because for all of us, there have been moments in our life when, when unbelievable things have happened. 
to exciting things. Uh, where are my Christmas cards at? Uh, last year was the Alabama. Unbelievable moment. I cried. I'm sure some of you cried as well. Uh, we think about those good moments in life. And as I'm sharing these stories, I could go on and on and on about exciting moments. I could go on about moments of unbelief or just as unbelievable. But this morning, I want to actually focus in on the unbelievable moments that happen to all of us. The unbelievable moments in life. I want to ask you a question. Have you ever come to a, a season of life that required a great amount of faith? Have you ever gone through a season of life that required a great amount of faith? Have you ever struggled to believe in God and trust that He still cares about you? Have you struggled with doubt and fear in your life? All of us have, have gone through unthinkable difficulties and suffering and great trials. And, and see, one of the things is, is that when we go through these moments in life, it, it is really easy for us to begin to ask the question, God, where are you? It's easy to begin to doubt our faith and to ask big questions about life. And all of us, we all know someone who has, has gone through difficult days and walked away from their faith. This morning, I want us to, I want to point us to a passage in Scripture, Mark chapter 9, that it is so helpful for us as believers. And in this passage, it's where this father who has seen his son go through really difficult days of, of demon possession, where he's watched his son go through difficult days, and he makes a statement saying, I believe, help my own belief. I believe, help my belief. So I want you to read uh, Mark chapter 9, verses 15 through 21 with me together. Here's God's word, Mark chapter 9. And when they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them, and the scribes argued with them. And immediately all the crowd, when they saw him, were greatly amazed and ran up to him and greeted him. And he asked them, What are you arguing with them about? And someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you for a spirit that makes him weak. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and dries his feet, and they become rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. And he answered them, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. Verse 27. And they brought the boy to him, and when the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, How long is this happening to him? And he said, From childhood. But if you can't do anything, have compassion on us and help us. It is And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that the crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. And after crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out. And the boy was like a corpse, so the nurses said, He is dead. So Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he entered the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, This kind of 
and foams at the mouth, and the seed becomes riches. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not interested. Now, if you know that the storyline of Scripture, you know that Jesus has given his disciples the ability to perform miracles, to, to heal people, to cast out demons. We know this is true. So we can see a tension here. We can see a father bringing his son to Jesus, hoping that his son would be killed. We see the disciples of Jesus who have the power to do this, who are unable to do this. And there's, there's just a great tension here. And look at verse 19, verses 19 through 21, and see Jesus' response. Verse 19 says, And he answered them. Now, who is them? The disciples. He reminded them. Jesus looks at the disciples. I picture Jesus right now looking at the disciples in their eyes, like staring into their souls. Remember when you were in trouble and your parents would look at you and you were staring into your soul while you were young? I think that's what's happening here. And Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, Oh, faithless generation. Oh, faithless generation. How long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to prison. This is a strong word for Jesus. Jesus is saying, Disciples, those who have faith, how, how long do I have to like, bear with you? How long do I have to tolerate How long will you fail to place your true faith in me? Jesus says, bring the little boy to me. And look what happens in verse 20. And they brought the boy to him, and when the Spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, fell on the ground, and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. So picture the story, right? The disciples bring this little boy to Jesus. This demon begins to attack this boy again. And then there's a transition that takes place in, in the story. Jesus goes from talking to the disciples, rebuking the disciples, to looking at his father. And he, I think he looks at his father with compassion. You know, Jesus is a compassionate Lord. And he looks at his father with compassion and asks the question, how long is this been happening to him? And look at the father's response to this. How long has been happening to him with such a childhood? And he's often, picture this, often casting into fire into water for his children. And then here's the, the father's question, the father's request out of Jesus. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now, think about who this father is requesting this from. He's requesting this from the Son of God, who has the power to do this, right? We know that Jesus has the power. His father, in story after story, Jesus performs miracle after miracle. And he looks at Jesus and he says, Because in this moment, I believe the father believed that Jesus could do it. But think about all the things he was doing. His excitement. This demon had often thrown this little boy into the fire, into the water, trying to destroy him. And then Jesus in verse 23 makes a really important statement. Why? Because what's happening here is that we have this father who's making his, his confession of belief, like even in a time of great fear. 
and that Jesus made him really precious to the And Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Now, you have to be careful with this one. But it's you know, I really believe this is true because it's true that I think I'm going to have to See this, we see the father's request, and then we see Jesus' response. In verse 24, here's what happens. Verse 24, the father says, Immediately, the father's child cried, the father's child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Have you ever been there before? Have you ever been in a moment where you, you can cry out, I believe, help my unbelief? And then look what happens in verse 25. And when Jesus saw the crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to him, You mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The authority of Jesus is obeyed. No one And look what happened. And after crying out and convulsing, convulsing him terribly, he came out, and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, He is dead. So Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him. Really beautiful story here. We see Jesus' power is revealed here. Jesus removes the demon from this little boy to the point where the people around them think that this little boy is dead. He's like a corpse, right? Laying on the ground. Picture, picture that. Jesus casts out this demon. This demon gives its last attack. And the people around them are like, that little boy is dead. And what does Jesus do? I picture Jesus bending down to pick that little boy up off the ground and he stands him up and takes him by the hand. Right? It's one of those moments in life that this little boy didn't have the strength to stand up on his own, but who was there to help him to stand up? Jesus, the Son of God, the one who has all power and authority, he was there. And Jesus bends over and picks that little boy up. Think about this moment. How can we have faith during difficult days? Dr. Danny Aiken, uh, president of Southeastern Seminary, said this about this passage, is that we will fail and go through difficult days, but God uses these difficult days to deepen our dependence on Him, our faith in Christ, and our discipline in prayer. See, the reality is, is that all of us will go through difficult days. The question for us is, who do we depend on? Do we depend on our own power and our own abilities? Or do we depend on God? Do we depend on God? I'm so quick. I'm so quick to try to rely on my own power 
us in ourselves. Okay, I think one of the, the challenges of today, of modern day assault, is that we have a sense of individualism that everybody tries to do life on their own. But we know that we have a relationship with God in Jesus. We know the ability to rely on God. God loves us, God cares for us, concerns for us, God compassionate for us, God is with us, and we know that God is with us. And there's so many times in life where the entire decision is man can't do it, God can. And all of us, when we hear that statement, we're probably like, amen. And, and that's true. But the reality is, we need to flip that statement around. We need to flip that statement around because we know that God can do it. And if we try to do it in our own power, in our own ability, why don't we just go to God and trust Him? We go through difficult days, and we can completely depend on God. Second point I would say is that we can choose to place our faith in Christ and continue to live as slaves to our own selfish desires. The Father here makes a really important statement. He says, I believe, help my unbelief. And I think what this Father was, was saying here, I think he was saying, I believe despite my sin, my failure, and my brokenness. Yeah, I've got really dark and difficult days in my life. I'm trying to pull myself from the water. And I believe because of who you are and what you've done for me. I think the Father is saying here, I may not have it all figured out, but I trust in you and who you are and the plan that you have for me. We can choose to place our faith in Christ and continue to, to live in our own power. In this passage, I think we can, a few things we can take from this passage. We can, one, believe in Christ's compassion for us. We can see a compassionate Savior here. Let me ask you a question. Do you believe in Christ's compassion for you? We, we like to talk about how Jesus is the, the Savior of the world. Jesus is the Savior of the world. What do you mean the Savior of the world? We, we tend to forget what it means that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Right? We, we, we tend to, to say, yeah, I believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world. But when it comes to laying down our life, submitting our life to Christ, do you believe that Jesus is the Savior for your life? Do you believe in Jesus' compassion for you? That would be one of the calls I would call you to this morning, to believe in Christ's compassion for you. The second thing I would call you to is to understand that it's okay to doubt if we are looking to Jesus. If we live in a time where we don't know what to do with our doubts, we don't know what to do with our fears, we don't know what to do with our failures. And a lot of times what we do when we have a doubt about something, we go to Google, right? Have you ever done that? Ever Google a, a question about God? <laughs> Instead of going to Jesus, you go to the internet, right? But if we're going to God, we're, we're human beings. We're going to go through difficult days. 
So what do we do with our doubts? And as our doubts turn to faith, the Bible says, I believe, help my unbelief. Another thing that we, we need to take from this passage is to believe that Jesus is the one who has the power to raise us up. We believe that Jesus is the one who has the power to raise us up. How do we know this? We know that see this passage, what did Jesus do? He's a little boy. He picked him up. He stood him up. Just picture that with me, right? Like, like Jesus sitting in the pool, like putting his little boy up. He took his little kid. He was And we see that Jesus has the power to do that. We also know that Jesus has the power to raise himself up. Not only did Jesus have the power to raise a little boy up, but Jesus raised himself from the dead. Amen? Like, think about that. Jesus raised himself up. He was dead. Because a little boy had been dead, and Jesus still raised him up. And the, and the truth for all of us is that there will come a day when we will all die. No one likes to talk about this, right? There will come a day when we will all die. But one day, there is coming a day. Even through the sufferings, the brokenness, the drunkenness, there is coming a day when Jesus will be the only that we will come to God. That's why this passage is so important for us to understand. It's important for us to understand because of the truth of knowing that Jesus Christ one day will return. And all of us who, who believe, who live a life of faithfulness to God, we will be raised up as well. No more pain. No more brokenness. No more sickness. In this story, I think we, if we're not careful, we can kind of miss the point. The point is that we're called to depend on God. Now listen, as believers, should we pray for healing? Absolutely. Why? Because He is God good. Should we pray for restoration? Absolutely. Why? Because we know that God is going to be restored. Do we believe that God is doing miracles today? If you don't believe that God is performing miracles around you and in this world, you have little faith. Like, God's scripture is very clear that God is still working, changing lives. The fact that this number of people gathering on a Sunday morning to worship is, is a miracle in itself. We see that. We know that God is still performing miracles. But what are we doing that's making Listen, some of, some of you have gone through suffering and pain for a long time, and you're tired of waiting. And you're tired of the pain. Some of you have recently just started going through a, another season of brokenness. And it's, it's hard to have faith. And you have to be reminded that this life is a momentary life. It might seem like forever. Especially on Sundays. We have to be reminded that we're called to have eternal faith, a faith that will last forever. 
for me, it's mere confession, mere physical belief. I believe, help my unbelief. Take that belief to Christ. The little boy receives the crowd breaks up. Picture that. What do you think they do? They go around and they start telling people what they see in presence, presence of Jesus. Jesus and his disciples do what they typically do as well. They go away. They kind of regather up. And picture this, right? The little boy is here. Verse 20, verse 28, it's the, the disciples going into a home and asking a question. Right? Look at the question. And when he entered the house, the disciples asked him privately. They weren't brave enough to ask him publicly, right? So they're like, Bears. They're like, Jesus, why, why, why couldn't we cast this one out? But I'm like, if we, we, we've done it before, we, we know we can do it, we know we can why didn't we do it? It's like she puts her looking down at the bears again. And they look at Jesus' response. And he says to them, and this time to God, he's doing it all time. He's going to say the same thing. And he's going to do it again. He's going to do it again. So the question is, what do you think this is going to do? And the disciples in this story went into the village for God to pray. They forgot to cry out to God. And so it means why is this? Why is this? That we pray until the last minute to pray. Why is it that we try to do things on our own power and ability? The disciples have the power, and guess what? They can use it. If you have a sick sheep, the, the spirit of the Lord lives within you. You have the power. You have the power to have faith, to, to trust in God, to believe. So the call to all of us is this. In a moment of unbelief, we have to depend on God. We proclaim to the Father, I believe, help my unbelief, and bring your sin, your brokenness, and your failure to God to wipe away your sins and give you peace and hope to you.
Thank you. 